Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Do you like dogs? I do too. That's why today's episode is brought to you by BarkBox.com. Get one free extra month of BarkBox at www.getbarkbox.com forward slash Paratruth. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when the mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I am Justin. And do we have a show for you today? Last week, we kicked off the brand new season of Paratruth Radio titled The Paracode Angels and Demons. Last week, we had discussed some of the different angel and demon references throughout the multiple cultures around the world and then finished the show by giving a little taste of what was to happen this week. And that is, of course, discussing the King of Solomon, and in particular, a little book that happens to be contributed to him. So with that said, we have a lot to get into tonight. And so I'm going to go ahead and pass it on over to my co-host, Justin. Take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. For those of you listening at paratruthradio.com, Paranormal UK Radio Network, TMV Cafe, and Fringe Radio Network. Let's get ready to expose some lies. Grimoires. Simply medieval texts of magic that taught its readers to place curses, to find love, and even summon and control spiritual entities. But despite the number of grimoires now in existence, there is only one that is most sought after and referenced. It is the key of Solomon. Grimoires are very interesting textbooks. I have read a number of different passages online. I also own the Key of Solomon. In fact, Justin and I both do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a number of different books out there or grimoires that people like to reference. Some of the most famous are the Sworn Book of Honorius and the Grimorium Verum. Uh, of course, both of these books are only second nature to the Key of Solomon which is by far the number one most sought-after grimoire available today. Uh, what's very interesting about this book is the history of it. Reason being, despite the fact that it was, or that it is contributed to Solomon, there's actually no real historical evidence to support that Solomon had conducted any of the writing of this book. So what does that mean? Well, Interestingly enough, the key of Solomon is only a, is only as old as about the 14th or 15th century and is actually a piece of Latin literature. Now, of course, there are some remaining manuscripts which date from the 16th to 18th centuries and include several translations, especially in Italian. Now, there are three books that make up 
the key of Solomon. They are the greater key of Solomon, the lesser key of Solomon, and the Testament of Solomon. Now, you're probably wondering what exactly those books are or what they do. Well, the greater key, just briefly here, is basically a book of prayers and spells and chants. Uh, these are the things that are used to summon a number of different demons, and they also give you the exact moment in time, space, stars, planets, etc., etc., in which you should say these incantations. Uh, if you don't follow it specifically, then the incantations don't work. The lesser key of Solomon goes into the number of different demons that Solomon is said to have summoned at one point in his life, and even go into some of the sigils for each of those demons and a number of different pendants and symbols that are used to protect to protect the person who is summoning the said demons. Finally, the Testament of Solomon more or less goes into the different things that Solomon has done uh, and the things that he has learned by summoning these so-called demonic entities. Real quick, before we get too much further, I did want to say that Eric and I did not research this book to do any practices for any of you that out there, especially our Christian listeners that are going to twist it and say that we shouldn't be doing this. This is from a specifically just research-based field that we're looking at this book. We're not looking at summoning demons of our own or anything like that. I just want to make that perfectly clear before we go any further, because I know that some people will say, Oh, you guys are looking to the book, so th- therefore you're summoning demons. No, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I'm I'm pretty sure Eric would not want to do that. So, no. <laughs> just wanted to make that perfectly clear before we get going. Here. <laughs> so, some of the stuff that is in the books, uh, specifically in the Goetia, which is the other name for the lesser key, that I found fascinating was different names of demons and supposedly angels. And, uh, you know, in the greater key, it kind of goes into what planets and stars they govern, quote-unquote govern. And it just was super fascinating to me. But um, through... Because you've done way more research on this than I have, uh, seeing as I just got the, the book not too long ago, and you've had the lesser key for years now just doing research on it um for the lesser key it doesn't really go into any particular spells per se just more so how to basically trap the demons and and angels right pretty much uh there are several spells in the later book of the lesser key but the majority of the majority of it really goes into the sigils of certain demonic entities and of course the 72 said entities that he supposedly conjured up and of course what each of those entities are and what they do or what their power is basically okay so it's super interesting um what i wanted to get into is the fact that these three books were actually translated from the 15th and 16th grimoires uh by alistair crawley l uh sl mcgregor mathers and then uh to tell what they did. Alistair did the Goetia or Lesser Key. Uh, S.L. McGregor Mathers did the Greater Key. And then F.C. Coney Bear did the Testament of Solomon. And 
And that's for this particular version. There right, are a number of right, different right. versions, but the versions that are done by S.L. McGregor Mathers and Alistair Crowley are by far the most popular versions, right. considering Crowley and what he's done historically, uh, and Mathers for that matter as well. So going through the research and uh, kind of the history of, of these this particular grimoire, the Key of Solomon, it doesn't, as far as you have seen and I have seen, only goes back to the 14th or 15th century of uh, the Renaissance of Italy, basically. Right. Do you think, and this is kind of an opinion, even though we usually get into this in the end of the show, but do you think that these uh, people that were writing these grimoires came across some type of writings that they thought were by Solomon, and that's why they attributed it to him? I mean, it's possible, but it's interesting because these these fairy tales of Solomon summoning demons and doing all this magical work only exist outside the Christian community. There is nothing biblical to it. There is nothing within the Christian community or within the Hebrew community that he has ever participated in these things. Uh, this strictly has been formulated by outside sources, uh, and has also been mentioned in a number of, uh, in, within the Quran as well. Um, but again, you get little bits and pieces of what a certain person can do, and you start to apply that to other stories, and you start making up stories, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, it makes sense that they would do this because, historically speaking, and this isn't just a Christian thing, this is historical, King Solomon has been known throughout the world to be the most wise person to ever exist, other than Jesus. And even Jesus himself has said, had said that Solomon was the wisest person before him. Uh, and so it would make sense that people would go ahead and create a book or a grimoire stating, Oh, this is by King Solomon, the mm. wisest man to ever exist outside of Jesus. So why wouldn't you believe this? Why wouldn't you follow it? You know? Well, you mentioned this, Last week, and you just mentioned now that uh, King Solomon bridges two books, the Quran and the Bible, as well as in history, we we have seen him in uh, just historical uh, books. Now, you had said in the Bible, it doesn't say anywhere that he was messing with this stuff. Um, I In the Quran, as far as I'm aware, he was not as as well, right? Well, in the Quran, uh, he, he was said to be gifted by God to talk to animals and to jinn, and that God granted him authority over the rebellious jinn and the demons. Okay. Uh, thus, it is believed, according to the Quran uh, and to uh, Islamic theology, that Solomon had then forced these jinn and demons to build the first temple. Okay. The Temple of Solomon. Right. Well, and that actually brings me to a, a good point uh, of that, you know, the Temple of Solomon, otherwise known as Solomon's Mines as well, has been speculated throughout history. Um, but again, in the Bible itself, it, it doesn't say anything about a, a temple or the Solomon's Mines, correct? Not about the Solomon's minds, but it does talk about the temples. I mean, he did build his own temple. Okay. He built a number of different temples, uh, which is quite interesting because a lot of people, unfortunately, think that Solomon 
was a man who followed God at all times. You know, God gave him wisdom, in fact. So when Solomon was to become king, God asked him what he wanted. If he can have one thing in the world to make him a better king, what would that be? And he asked for wisdom. Now, God was absolutely flabbergasted that he would ask for wisdom because God, of course, thought that's the great thing to ask for. Now, God knew better. But nonetheless, hey, if your child is going to come to you, they can ask for money. They can ask for fame. They can ask for women or whatever. But he asked for wisdom. You're going to be proud. And so as such, God then granted him not only wisdom, but he granted him riches, gold and rubies and gems and all kinds of things. He gave him everything he could possibly want because of it. Now, people think that Solomon had just stuck with God. Now, God gave him specific commands to never turn away from him. God had commanded him not to multiply his horses or his wives, neither to greatly multiply gold or silver to himself. Uh, and it's what, what makes that interesting is that he did all three of those things. He had 1,000 wives and concubines, Jeez. and he collected 666 talents of gold each year, which is a tremendous amount of money for such a small nation like Israel. Uh, on top of that, he ended up collecting a ton of horses and chariots, which, according to God, put him right back to the way Israel was when they were in Egypt. Um, so, of course, God became angry with him and eventually cut the kingdom out from under him. Now, he didn't quite cut the kingdom from under Solomon himself because he loved King David, Solomon's father, so much that he allowed King Solomon to continue to be king over over Israel until his death. And then when his son took over, then God started to cut the kingdom out from underneath Israel, leaving them only a small portion to it. So again, a lot of people think that Solomon was really, you know, close to God and remained with him. But the fact of the matter is Solomon distanced himself from God and started to worship other gods. And again, a long story short, getting to the, the temples began to build temples to the gods of his wives who were not of the nation of Israel. So it wouldn't be far fetched then to, to think that maybe this would have been happening, that, that Solomon would have been doing these types of things that are in the key, even though it, it is not specifically mentioned in the Bible. Right. It isn't far fetched. Again, there's absolutely no historical evidence to support it, but it's right. not far-fetched. It's, it's easy to believe. Uh, I've heard of Christians who've said that the idea of Solomon conjuring demonic entities in order to seek knowledge is ridiculous because Solomon had wisdom, had all the wisdom in the world of God. But they don't consider the fact that wisdom and knowledge are two very different things. Wisdom is basically the quality of having experience or knowledge and good judgment of things present, basically. Mm. Knowledge, on the other hand, is facts and information and skills acquired by a person through experience and education. Similar to wisdom, but vastly different. Mm. What people don't realize is that, and even Christians, what they don't realize is, okay, King Solomon had all this wisdom, and of course, because of his wisdom, he had knowledge. Hence, he shouldn't have to look for knowledge in other things. 
except that God didn't give him all-knowing knowledge because to do so, he would be like God. God would never allow that. So, yeah, it would make sense or at least could be theorized that maybe King Solomon did go ahead and start summoning demons. Now, how exactly he came about to create these spells and the summoning rituals and to understand the astrology and astronomy and all that in order to make them work, that's something that just isn't, it's hard to fathom and there's no history behind it whatsoever. But nonetheless, well, there's that possibility. If you look at, like you're, you're saying that he built temples, uh, in, in, to represent the gods of his wives, mm-hmm. maybe one of his wives was teaching him this or teaching him the knowledge of whatever the belief system was for that particular wife. You know what I mean? I mean, um, and I, I don't know about you, but I can barely deal with one wife, let alone a thousand <laughs> women. So, right. Right. And you're absolutely right. You know, there, there have been, and we've talked about this in the past, but there have been demonic entities or, or spiritual entities that are claimed to be knowledgeable of astronomy and astrology, mm-hmm. uh, study of the stars, uh, study of the earth, study of this, study of that. So yeah, it is possible that some of these wives, uh, based on their religions, were maybe influenced by some type of entity that did, uh, allow them to give Solomon this information and maybe he did use it in some way. We don't know. Um, but it is a fact that again, Solomon did turn away from God and that's not only present in history, but it's present within the Bible as well. So, yeah. So going through the book and the research and everything, uh, what were some of the stuff that fascinated you about the, just the, the two keys, let alone the, the Testament of, of Solomon. Um, what were some of the stuff that, you thought it was kind of fascinating about it. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Yeah, uh, I mean, personally, I find the most fascinating thing to be the Lesser Key or the Goetia. Uh, I've had that, I had that book standalone since 2009, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, around the time, yeah, around the time we had started doing podcasts right. and everything up. Right. And that book is by far one of the most interesting things that I've read in a long time, especially when it comes to the idea of magic or demons even uh as i said the lesser key has a description of 72 different demons that solomon supposedly summoned each one of those descriptions goes into not only the look of the demon like how it appeared to supposed king solomon but also uh its strengths and weaknesses what its power was whether it was able to tell the future or if it was capable of uh telling the, the study of the, teaching the study of the stars or how to conjure up love and things like that, you know, what each one is able to do. And then it would goes into the legion in which it fits or the hierarchy. Uh, for example, a number of demons that you see within the lesser key are the leaders 
of a legion. And those legions can be anywhere from 65 demons that are underneath it to several thousand demons that are underneath it in hierarchy. So, you know, that thing I think was the most interesting reading through those different, different descriptions, uh, and names of the demonic entities. But it was also interesting to read some of the magical spells and incantations. Now, as you had said in the beginning, folks, this isn't some, this isn't the type of book that we would go and tell everybody to get. Historically speaking, it's a great book. It's important historically. It's interesting to read. Uh, and it really gives you an idea of what other people are doing, uh, in regards to their own faith or belief systems. Um, but nonetheless, it's a really dark book. And as we've said in the past, there are things that you can do, say, read that can open doors if you're not careful. Right. Uh, and actually that had happened with me when reading the lesser key originally because it opened the door and I went through a three month demonic attack. Uh, but nonetheless, the door closed and I was able to, you know, realize what I did wrong by being ignorant and jumping into a book without any thought of, you know, God being with me because back then I wasn't saved. Well, I was going to say know, at that I, point you, <laughs> your beliefs yeah, were way it, different. Yeah. My belief system was completely different. <laughs> um, <laughs> but nonetheless, interesting stuff. It's really interesting. And some of it is just, you got to be kidding me because what's weird about it is that the lesser or the key, both the greater key and the lesser key, not only describe the different incantations and the exact words to say, but they pair it with prayers to the Lord, calling on God to help you in summoning these demons, which is vastly ironic and something that I think even King Solomon would know better than to do, uh, it, which only makes me believe that this book isn't actually something that has been fabricated by King Solomon or that he even did some of these things. All right, so what's interesting is that Solomon lived from nine. From 990 BCE to 931 BCE, which is approximately 1,000 years before Jesus came to earth. Why it's interesting is because, again, this book, the Key of Solomon, wasn't written until the 14th century. Or at least there's no indication that it was written until the 14th century. Yeah. Which places us almost, how many years is it? Not even, it's one, two, 2000. So we're looking at at least 2000 years after. After Solomon, right? Well, it'd be a, a thousand or years to basically one AD. And so we're looking at 2400 years. Roughly. All right. So the book is written. So yeah, so this book is written roughly 1400 years after Solomon's death. Which is interesting to me because you would think that if Solomon had any type of passages or scriptures or anything like that referring to these incantations, they would have been found much sooner. Now, there is a number of beliefs that say, yeah, he did have these and they were passed down from generation to generation. They were hidden and they had magical spells put on it so that no one could find it. But again, that book, which supposedly has been hidden for some time, has never been found. So where exactly this writing came from is beyond beyond me. Right. Well, from reading through the Testament of Solomon, from what I saw, there was no reference to the book that 
Solomon contributed to the Bible, um, which wasn't even called Solomon. What was what book was it that he had contributed to the Bible? And again, it's not even referenced anywhere in this particular book. Mm-hmm. He had Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. So okay. He had three books. Uh, each one a little different. So the book of Proverbs is a collection of fables and wisdom for life. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is a book of contemplation and his self-reflection, which is actually a really interesting book uh, regarding this, uh, the key, because that book in particular is a book that describes his life after turning away from God and following the other false deities of his wives. Uh, and then the last book is the Song of Songs, which is – a little unusual collection of poetry within the Bible as it has both a uh, both a metaphorical and literal interpretation in romanticism and sexual relationship between a man and a woman and then also relationship between God and his people. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Something you wouldn't <laughs> think. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't think that would be something that would be included in the Bible. You, you would think. I'm a strong believer only because I've read cover to cover that the Bible has pretty much anything and everything you'd ever <laughs> want in any book. You want romance? It's there. You want horror? It's there. You want action? It's there. You want drama? It's definitely there. I mean, you name it, it's in there. So... <laughs> Well, and, you know, I know there's a lot of people at, uh, asking, you know, guys, why are you talking about the key of Solomon? And we'll get into that in the, the second half of the show. Um, I wanted to bring up this book because of, uh, the series that we're doing. So we'll get into that in a little bit. So folks, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here at paratruthradio.com as well as the many other networks that we're on. We will be right back after this break. Hey, Parafans. Do I have a deal for you? The people over at Loot Crate are giving our listeners a 10% savings on any new subscription at lootcrate.com. Loot Crate is this awesome monthly mystery smorgasbord of a package that you get stuffed with different things from different genres, such as Zelda, Fallout, Harry Potter, and so many more. So to get your 10% savings, make sure you go to trylootcrate.com forward slash paratruth. Again, that's trylootcrate.com forward slash paratruth and enter bridge 10 to get 10% savings on any new subscription. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And as I said before break, I know there's a lot of people asking, you know, guys, why are you talking about the Key of Solomon? It has nothing to do with Christianity, and it's probably a book that you shouldn't be referencing. Well, there is a reason that we are talking about the book, because this particular uh, series in Season 4 is about angels and demons and we're what we're going into for the next episode is the hierarchy of demons and then the the episode af- after that will be the hierarchy of angels so we're building up to a uh a way for us to look at that because with the key specifically 
it does list a lot of the demons and what the hierarchy would be. Whereas in, in the Bible, it, it does describe more of, um, angelic hierarchy over demon hierarchy. Am I right, Eric? Well, in, in, in Christian theology, uh, it, there is a little bit more on angelology or hierarchy, but there's plenty on demonology as well, or demon, a demonology and demon hierarchy, uh, of course, starting first and foremost with Satan. But Satan's a weird one because he kind of transverses over both subjects of angels and demons. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, there is plenty actually on both is it for entities both? Okay. with the Christian theology. Um, and that goes to show my, my ignorance on the Bible. I have not delved into it nearly as much as Eric has. Um, Shame, shame on me, I guess. But um, that's the whole point of of going into this this book. Um, so, from your personal opinion, looking at the at the Key of Solomon, reading through it, uh, talking about what we did earlier, do you think that King Solomon had any? Um, influence on this book whatsoever or do you think it's just somebody coming across a writings or even just uh tributing the book to him as as a way of saying i'm doing this for solomon what are your thoughts you know honestly i think this is a case of fame uh they King were solomon listing just a name so yeah he's just so popular throughout history in regards to his wisdom and of course there are again uh, fairy tales much older than the 14th century of him supposedly summoning these demons um, and doing this magic. It, again, it only makes sense that someone would come along or write a grimoire contributed to King Solomon himself. Um, now, again, it's not biblical. You would think that in the book of Ecclesiastes, when he's talking about his contemplations and self-reflection about his life, especially after uh, turning away from God that he would then mention, you know, summoning entities and stuff, but he doesn't, which I think is kind of a cue. But of course it isn't authoritative either because it's very bland in, in regards to what he really did back then. He talks about the things that he's bought. He talks about the things that he's built, but he doesn't talk about how he built them or how he came to the knowledge of certain things. So who knows in the end, really? I don't have an answer for that, but I think the majority of what we see within the, this particular grimoire, the Key of Solomon, is complete fabrication and not actually based on Solomon himself um, or any of the writings that he may have contributed Right. I, well, I, I think that it is a possibility that they, it could have been where they came across something, uh, that he had written and it could have been that they just elaborated on it. Um, but as we discussed earlier in the Bible it already admits that he does turn away from God. Now, mm-hmm. because he does admit things in Ecclesiastes, it could have been too that he was so ashamed of what he had done as far as summoning demons that he didn't want to even mention that because this was a, supposed to be a uh, book of the word of God that he didn't want to mention, Hey, Oh, by the way, I summoned these things and I'm really sorry. Well, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't completely agree with that. Um, 
you know, one thing that you have to remember is that many of these books are more so inspired by, by Solomon, um, or by the individuals, uh, who, who are the books the in leads, the Bible, you mean? if you will, in all, in the books in all the Bibles, you know, the books were actually written sometime after Solomon, uh, originally were in approximately between 450 and 180 BCE, uh, or BC. Uh, but is nonetheless a canonical book of the Bible. Now that's where the inspiration of God comes in into these books, because these are stories that were passed down by God himself, according to what had happened throughout the past. Now again, you know, if these books were written by, for example, Genesis was written by Adam or by Abraham, do you, do you know how old that thing would be? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if they had writing utensils back then necessarily. But by word of mouth, the stories are passed down, and God, being who God is, all knowledgeable, all you know, all knowing, remembering everything, both past, present, and future, uh, held onto those stories and passed them on to the people who would write them. Mm-hmm. Hence, the reason they were the inspired word of God, uh, the stories that come from God Himself through the Holy Spirit. Makes so, sense. I mean, it, yeah, it makes sense. It could be possible that God purposely left that part out so that people wouldn't go seeking information on such yeah. things. But then again, who, who, what do we know? We don't, we don't, we just don't know. Well, and the funny, the, the one thing that I have had thought from the very beginning looking at this book is how I could see how easily the temptation would be for somebody to uh, use this book, not say particular, say Solomon was using it, but would use the, the, the different keys in the Testament of Solomon and then also use it because in the different spells and incantations, it also offers the prayers for God's help. How people would take it and say, well, there's prayers to God. So, if there's prayers to God in there and, but you're also summoning demons and doing spells for power, it must be okay. You know, uh, you see, see and that's where that. the whole wisdom of Solomon comes in because even we nowadays should have wisdom in regards to those things. It's very clear to me that if God says not to turn to mediums, not to turn to spiritists or to divination, then you would think that means do not summon the dead, do not summon demons, do not turn to false idols, et cetera, et cetera. So when you read a book that has both prayers to God, but then also has descriptions that contradict all that God has commanded throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, it would make sense that the book itself isn't of God and therefore shouldn't be something that one should be going, you know, turning to for information, especially if you're a Christian. Yeah. Or a Bible believing, you know, believer, Bible believer. Well, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you should seek knowledge. And if you want to read the book, by all means, don't use it as a way of, of summoning spells or, you know, whatever, but read it as a knowledge based thing and just take, take it in as something that was written. And, and the knowledge that you can just say, Hey, there's some history here, basically. It, and that's what it is. It's a historical book. It is a book of history. 
uh, to say the least. That, that dates back to the 14th century, yeah. which is incredible. Uh, and it's one of the few pieces that are intact fully. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think if you're interested in reading it and understanding the history, then you should check it out. Uh, but if you feel through the Holy Spirit or through your own conscience that maybe it's not the best thing for you to do because of the content that it holds, then you should be right. wise and stay away from it. It's that simple. Yeah, always use your better judgment. I agree. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is the end of this particular episode. Um, I do want to let you guys know to uh, definitely get in contact with us, whether you agree, disagree. If you came across anything that we have not Definitely get in contact with us because we are always, as we just talked about with the Key of Solomon, seeking more knowledge and more wisdom as to our different talks on this podcast. Um, on top of that, uh, as I had mentioned last week, we do have a Patreon account now. Uh, we would love for you guys to check it out because one of the, the best things, in my opinion, is we... In the first tier, just donating a dollar, you get access to our sister podcast, Crime Crack, and it's a true crimes podcast. But you also get access to our Discord server. Uh, I am working on getting discounts for all of our Patreon users to uh, get discounts on our TeePublic uh, store, as well as uh, it goes all the way up to a tier of... Donating $50 where you get free Paris swag and you also get a chance to join us once a month on an episode of Paratruth Radio as a special co-host. So definitely check all that out. If you feel the urge to donate, we would be so appreciative. Uh, we're working hard on bringing guys more content, which means that it does take more time out of our day and we can make this a full part-time job if we are receiving your help. If nothing else, share the podcasts with everybody you know. Get the word out there for us because we are shooting for a uh, increase of 10,000 listens a month as you guys had heard on our year in review uh, a couple weeks ago. On that note, folks, until next week where you will hear us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. That's what 
Ransomware is all about is psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.